0: Good afternoon. Welcome to our weekly Tuesdays at 2. My name is Todd Greer. I'm the Executive Director of Centervision Leadership Foundation, and we are thrilled that you're here with us today for our weekly hangout. We're very excited today. We have a special guest joining us, Dr. Kathleen Patterson. Dr. Patterson is uh, very special to me, and I'm going to share probably my own personal connection before I go any deeper into her awesome bio. Uh, Dr. Patterson was actually on my dissertation committee at Regent University and is very, very close to me, somebody I very highly uh, value, and so I'm excited to have her with us today. Dr. Patterson is a professor in the School of Business and Leadership at Regent University. She is the director of the doctoral program in strategic leadership. She also has been a key leadership expert in an important field that has emerged over the last 30 years, called servant leadership, and obviously she's not that old, but she has been at the forefront of this leadership journey, and she has started and been part of the leadership servant leadership roundtables at Regent University. So we're really excited to have Dr. Patterson with us today. Kathleen, thank you for joining us, and we really just appreciate you. Making time out of your busy academic schedule to be with us here.
1: I am privileged to be with everybody today, um, especially because people are interested in servant leadership. So very exciting, and also for the record, Dr. Greer was a wonderful student. So,
0: and now a colleague. Very much, thank you, thank you. Now it's it's such an excitement to be able to engage in these kinds of discussions, uh, and and really for for people who don't know anything about servant leadership, would you give us just kind of a primer? What is servant leadership, and where did it start?
1: Um, well, some people believe that it's as old as time. Um, academically, we can uh, begin servant leadership with Robert K. Greenleaf. And he was wonderful in the fact that he was an executive with at and and he began doing a lot of reading, and one of his books that he was reading was Journey to the East, Um, And that really influenced his thinking, and Robert K. Greenleaf is credited with starting the terminology servant leadership, and he was very adamant that it was about you as a leader being the servant first. Mm -hmm. So you are servant first and then leader, and that's pretty much the textbook definition of servant leadership. One of the key distinctions to understand and even a practical perspective is that you as the leader are focused on your followers that is your main concern your primary objective and everything else flows from that focus on your followers
0: and, and that's a really interesting concept because when we think about leadership the idea that leaders would focus on followers I think to many people it seems very contrary right
1: it is completely contrary I had a discussion with someone uh, today in a consulting role and in his organization the management team is focused on the profits Mm -hmm. 100% on the profits and they want their followers their employees to serve that profit margin and we had a wonderful discussion about how if you switch that around and serve your followers first Actually, this incredible thing begins to happen. They will take care of the things that need to be done. They will take care of the profits. If you as the leader are so into your followers, you're serving them, you're cheering them on, you're encouraging them, this amazing thing happens. They are robust, they're vibrant, they're excited about their jobs, they're excited about their roles. A wonderful example of this is Truett Kathy of Chick-fil-A who uh, recently passed away. Mm-hmm. And he is very well known for stating principles and people before prophets. And I think we would all agree that he was incredibly successful. But he's very adamant that it was principles and people, principles and people. And when he talks about principles, he's actually, and he's very clear about this, talking about biblical principles. Mm-hmm. He said that the Bible was a restaurant manual. So your Bible, and I tell people this all the time, your Bible is your ultimate leadership textbook. It is all there. Yeah,
0: that's such an interesting concept, and it's it's funny that you uh, go to, to Truett Cathy, and obviously that's somebody who has been a, a major promoter in the Chick-fil-A organization as a whole. I was just thinking as you were talking, uh, I, I just recently read Mark Miller and Ken Blanchard's book, The Secret. They just relaunched uh, the book in their 10th uh, anniversary edition, and, and then really talk about that idea of, of serving first. And I think that's it's such an interesting thing. And and you you, you pointed yeah. out very well that when we when we look to, to serve our followers, in many ways we're freeing them up.
1: Yeah. And you know what? There is something powerful. I I don't know everyone's experience. I can speak from my own experience. I have worked for people who were I hate to use the word persecutive, but they were. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were concerned about using me to get the job done. Mm. Um, Very ineffective. That didn't make me feel good about my job, about myself, about the organization, about the company, nothing. It's very deflating to treat people that way. If you know you're being used just to advance someone else's agenda, eh, not so much fun. However, I have also had the great privilege of working for people who believed in me, sought my advancement, promoted me, helped me, guarded over me, covered over me uh, in a fierce way and truly had my best interest at heart. Um, And you may say, well, uh, you can't really do that with everybody. You've got to be focused on the organization and all that. But there is something incredible about when someone takes the time to invest in you as a person. You flourish. And if all of your people in your organization are flourishing, by default, your organization is growing, flourishing. You're releasing innovation, creativity, all these kinds of things that we as leaders desire for for what's going on in our companies. So our churches, our ministries, everything.
0: Absolutely, and that's such an interesting thing. I think um, one of the things that attracts me to the idea of servant leadership and also attracted me to humility as a research area yeah. is the idea about knowing the other people that surround you. And I think servant leadership, it, it really digs into that, because how can we grow our organizations? Um, how can we grow them if we don't know the people and know where their strengths lie and know how to empower them to use those talents and abilities? And, and I, I don't hold, and obviously we, we have somewhat differing opinions, and uh, you've spent a lot of time on servant leadership, and I haven't. Um, but there's, there's more and more leadership theories that are beginning to comprehend the importance of followers. And I think servant leadership really paved the way for that.
1: I believe that it did. Uh, Todd, when you kind of look at a lot of the leadership literature, whether it's the academic literature or even the popular press literature, even though maybe people don't understand why it works, there is this respect that something is going on and it is working. It's pretty incredible. Uh, something that you said just a moment ago kind of uh, reminded me of uh, the concept of, uh, when you were talking about humility, about abandoning your self-interest, mm. not putting yourself at the center of everything. Um, you know, Philippians 2 you know, says to not look out for your own interest but for the interest of others. And I'll just tell you a quick little story. My youngest son, when he was a teenager, uh, played the drums. Um, in a church, and he had worked so hard to maintain and earn that position. And he came home one night and said, "Oh, I'm sharing the drums uh, nights with so, someone, someone else." And I'm like, oh, how, "How can you do that? You've got to. You earned that. You have worked so hard for it." And he simply said, "Mom, I am not looking out for my own interest, but for the interest of others." So, you know, how do you respond to that? But here's what is so incredible. When Logan, and that was his, that is his name, when Logan did that, he opened up a whole new world, not only for this drummer that he was sharing with, but for himself. Mm-hmm. And I cannot even explain to you, but in God's economy, when you are looking out for the interest of others, guess who's taking care of your interests? God is, and that's pretty phenomenal. If we leave everything up to Him, He's got it under control, and He is watching out for us. So,
0: absolutely, and just. If, for anybody that's joining us right now, just want to let you know we are here with Dr. Kathleen Patterson. We are talking about servant leadership. This is an exciting discussion. It's something that really piques the interest of a lot of people because of how contrary it seems to be by nature, but also because of how empowering it is. And so that's a, an exciting piece that we're in. Kathleen, how did you end up reaching into the servant leadership realm?
1: That's so interesting. I know that we all have very different journeys how we arrive uh, to where we're at, but I arrived as a student here at Regent University when I was doing my master's, and the professors were talking about servant leadership, Mm. and when they began to explain the concepts and explain how it worked, I just remember sitting in class going, wow, that's what it's called. I was so excited because I had experienced it in my business life for years. And then all of a sudden, I was face to face with what it actually was called. So I knew it from a heart perspective, so it was wonderful to find out about it from uh, an academic and even a popular press uh, perspective. So, yeah. And I, just as a student, began to research this idea and talk to a lot of people, and just the whole concept began to grow on me. Um, you know, from Matthew 23, the, the, that perspective. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we are called to serve, yeah. and that's very powerful. And I think sometimes we get so interested in the idea of called to lead. And we want to be a leader, and we want to be in those important positions, and we want to have those, um, those privileges that come with that. But really the greatest privilege that we can have as a leader is to serve our followers, build them up, creating them this the desire to, to move ahead and creating them also this desire to serve other people themselves so uh, there's something exponential that happens when we begin to serve people uh, lead them by serving them I, I, I find it fascinating so
0: absolutely and that's a great point of background here we at Center vision Leadership Foundation we work extensively with religious organizations with nonprofits and with educational institutions and um, we were talking before we went on air about the reality that a lot of times leaders in these organizations are very passionate they're very passionate about the cause they're very passionate about the organization about the mission and the values and the principles and a lot of times it's really it's a hard thing for them to release some of that control and give it to others what yeah. would you say to the the leader that's struggling with these kinds of issues in this realm
1: you, you have to kind of look at the role of leading we, most of us are in leadership roles are pretty savvy people very passionate people especially if you are, are a founder of an organization or you are leading an organization if it's something uh, initiatives that you've developed we become so intense about what's going on in the organization and we become very passionate by default. Mm. Um, But really one of the best things that we can do is to not hold or hoard that passion and intensity just for ourselves but to really share that with everybody else. Um, Because you know what? It is not about us. It is absolutely not about us. And if we want to accomplish great things in the world, wonderful things that will really transform the lives of other people, transform societies, transform people for the cause of Christ, these kinds of things, we have got to share that power uh, with our followers. We have to build them up, make sure they're ready, empower them, train them, teach them, um, really let go of that control. And it is so easy when you are an intense, passionate leader, if it's something that you have started, it is really tough to let that go. But if you want the cause, whatever cause that is, to flourish and grow and and become robust in so many ways, you've got to let that power go. And who better to give it to than the amazing people that you have in your care? So, But, yeah, that's very interesting to think about. That passion can be very intense.
0: I think what it also leads me to, as a follow-up, is to the questions of what kind of trust is being developed in organizations, and also how are we emphasizing the role of training? Because obviously, we're afraid to empower unless we have developed trust and unless we're truly doing a good job of training. And so might it be that we're really asking a a larger question than just, you know, a relinquishing or a fear of relinquishing? Is it a, you know, have you you come across that in your work both as professor and consultant?
1: Absolutely. And that is one, and you, you actually said the key word, fear and a lot of leaders we're just a little bit afraid mm-hmm. if we relinquish that power and we begin to trust everybody that we're going to lose control of the situation or, or maybe oh someone's going to take our position or, or something like that and leaders do fear that they fear if I create you to be awesome and amazing well then what's left for me? Servant um, leaders are incredibly interesting in the fact that they really don't care. They want their followers to be powerful. They want their followers to be uh, wonderful, amazing people doing wonderful and great things. Matter of fact, there's a, a concept of vision where servant leaders are visionary for their followers. Mm. They truly want to dream big dreams for their people. So, and again, this all comes back to that follower-focused approach. And servant leaders are constantly. Uh, focused on their followers and they are serving them in great ways for their great potential and their great future. Here's the interesting thing about fear. If you as a leader you think someone might take advantage of you or something like that, will that happen? Yeah, sometimes absolutely it will. But let me assure you that journey is worth the risk because what can happen in your department in your organization in your team is so much more incredible. Um, then that little bit of risk, things are going to happen, they're going to happen whether you do it or not. So, but um, it really is worth the risk. So.
0: Absolutely. Uh, it brings up a, an, an interesting idea. And You were talking about the importance of uh, leading other people and where that goes as a leader. The, the sense that sometimes we're afraid uh, that we're no longer going to be needed or relevant or whatever it is if we're busy training up other people and I think we're starting to see that more and more in the struggles that we have in regard to succession planning and I've never really thought about servant leadership as a a correlative to succession planning but might it be that we're struggling with this internal succession oftentimes because we're busy holding on to things
1: yeah and we're, we're hoarding it for ourselves succession planning is huge Uh, with the fact it's based in fear. And you will find that a lot of leaders do not have a succession plan. They do not have an exit strategy for themselves and they certainly have no replacement. They're not interested in having a succession plan because they don't want to leave. And the reality is, is if you are a leader, you need an exit strategy, you need a succession plan. What I've seen happen sometimes, and this is just horrible when it happens, If a leader has an unexpected leaving of the company Mm -hmm. and they developed no one, they had no plan, no strategy, the the very passions and intensity that you are fighting for for that company, that organization, that church, that ministry, whatever it is, falls by the wayside. But one of the amazing things that can happen is when you are building your people, when you are planning your own exit strategy, when you are planning. And grooming other people to come in and take over for you those people are incredibly competent they're Mm -hmm. incredibly wonderful at what they do Mm -hmm. And, and again I think we just see over and over again leaders who kind of abandon that fear and really develop their people just fascinating things begin to happen in the organization
0: yeah absolutely I think that's such a an exciting issue and I think there's so many pieces in, in the succession planning that you, you were just mentioning there, uh, that we see. We see them constantly. Uh, and a lot of times, organizations are left spending a lot of money because yeah. these things have not been prepared for and because when an individual who's a leader leaves, so much of what we call the organizational narrative is gone with them. The you know, the fabric of what the organization stands for, the the dream use oftentimes this is held within that leader and not shared so that's an interesting perspective because if if leaders are fo- or leaders are, are serving their followers they're sharing with them the fabric of who the organization is would you say
1: yeah oh absolutely and here's what is kind of interesting about that when you hold something so tightly it will slip through your fingers. We we just can't do that as leaders. We really need to have open hands, and sharing all that we are, um, and and developing our people. Let that fear go. Develop your people. It, I promise you, it becomes a journey so worth it. It really is worth it.
0: Mm-hmm. We're gonna go a little research geek moment here, okay? Um, and, and sorry that appeals to me. And and I know that, uh, there are. Um, there are people that are going to be viewing this video or are on with us right now who they want to know data. Uh, what kind of studies have we seen in, in showing the impact and the force and the importance of servant leadership? Could you tell us just a little, little bit about, uh, to Quant, uh, but uh, fill us with a little bit of, of, of knowledge
1: there. I find that fascinating as well. and here's what is incredibly interesting to me as an academic mm-hmm. is that research has confirmed what we already know. People want to be cared for. Mm. People want to be loved. People appreciate it when their leaders walk in humility. Um, and It's so interesting to me when the academic world resonates these kinds of principles. Yeah. Here's, here's a more fascinating element to that is that uh, studies that have been done literally all over the world confirm independent of culture that servant leadership works. I just finished sitting on a dissertation um, where someone was looking at, uh, Brian Carroll, was looking at information in India mm. and about servant leadership in the tech industry. Ah! Confirmed yet again people want their leaders to serve them. And when you think about it, it really makes sense when you pay attention to your followers, when you care for your followers, you're growing and blooming them. Mm. And that is a concept that is so independent of your age, where you live, and we're seeing cultural validation of servant leadership theory all over the world. In Asia, in Africa, Australia, Europe, study after study after study is confirming these servant leadership principles. So I, I I still haven't figured out how we're getting to Antarctica, but one thing we'll figure that one out. So.
0: Absolutely. See, and that's so interesting to me because I think what you said is such an important thing. It's great when we can recognize what we inherently know is being validated by research because yeah. as you talk about servant leadership, I, I, the idea, of followers, the idea of empowering them, the idea of setting a vision and helping them connect to that—what yeah. individual doesn't want to be in an organization in which they see those things enacted?
1: Right. You—you you do not see people, employees, followers say, "Oh, please sign me up for that horrible leader. I'll take that." Mm. That just doesn't happen. We see people really standing in line at the door to work for leaders who care about them, who do the right things. Um, One of the interesting things about servant leadership is it is so connected with the virtues, Mm. with values, with ethical leadership. Um, I don't know about you, but I am so tired and overdone of corruption, scandal, leaders falling in disgrace, uh, you know, jail time, prison time. leaving the ministry, all these kinds of things. We need people. We need leaders. The world is crying out for leaders. Followers are crying out for leaders who will do the right things, who will love their followers, who will abandon their own self-interest for the sake of other people. Mm -hmm. These are principles that are timeless. These are principles that are culturally uh, not constrained. We need these leaders absolutely all over the world.
0: That's such an interesting thing, uh, the sense of, of having that, that value-based backbone to an organization. I, I think that's such a huge thing, and I'm going to share with you, uh, you referenced Robert Greenleaf earlier. Greenleaf was uh, really the, the early proponent of servant leadership, and at least from the framework there. Um, in the intro... Uh, the forward to the twenty-fifth anniversary issue, Stephen Covey said something that I think is really interesting. And I think this pertains uh, to nonprofits and, and religious institutions and organizations really of all stripes. Sure. He said this. He said there has to be something at the soul of an organization that does not change, but will enable people to live with change. This sure. unchanging core is natural principles. I, when I read that, it was one of those things that you know the highlighter comes out right away because I think we recognize we're in in a time of constant white water. Okay, we're we're in constant white water. We we feel like everything about us is tumultuous and it's changing. It's it's new and it's different. And you know you, you brought up some key issues where we see leaders fall from grace, so to speak. We we see issues issues where um, constant change is happening, not only in an internal perspective in our organizations, but also with external factors, some kind of core anchor to hold us there. And servant leadership seems to be one of those pieces. Uh, When you think about change, when you think about uh, What about servant leadership do you you feel gives it that core that allows people to be able to weather storms?
1: You know, I think it's just that servant leadership is so consistent with human dignity, um, obviously so consistent with biblical principles. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if if we're looking for truth in the world, if we're looking for the things that work in the world, the Bible is going to be the ultimate, you know, a, a place where we can find these answers. And let's be incredibly honest here, life is tough. Yes. Work, careers, all of these things, organizational life, it's pretty tough stuff. Mm-hmm. We are striving together. Uh, you know, most people work 20, 30, 40, 60 some hours a week. That's a lot of hours for us to invest in, in, into something. It ought to be a fun environment. It ought to be a fulfilling, rewarding environment. And we as leaders, and what are we creating for our followers you know do, th- do they come to work and oh humdrum I just can't take another day we do not want our followers to, to, to experience and live that we don't want to live that sure. we want to have fulfilling work environments enriching work environments um, where great things can happen fun things can happen where we're all in this together Uh, Bruce Winston in his uh, book Be a Leader for God's Sake said -hmm. said something in there that really has stuck with me uh, for many, many years. He said we've got, as leaders, we have got to move beyond seeing our employees as hired hands. Mm -hmm. We've got to see them as hired hearts. And when you realize that you have a total person working for you, working with you, it is so much easier uh, to engage with that person. Uh, Troy Cathy said something that I found kind of interesting. He said, how do you know if someone needs to be encouraged? They're breathing. <laughs> it really is just human nature. We as people desire to be encouraged. That's we crazy. want to be loved. We want to be respected. And it all really boils down to human dignity. So, And as leaders, we have got to give that to our followers. And if we're serving them with greatness, appreciating all that they are, they're going to appreciate that too. So.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we, we've been talking about servant leadership. We've been giving the audience a lot to chew on. The person that's sitting there right now, we're 28 minutes into a conversation about servant leadership. They're excited. They're interested. Where do they go from here? What, <laughs> what would you encourage from a, a, a research or a reading, a, an investigation standpoint, what would you suggest to them?
1: Um, Well, it just depends on who the person is. If you like kind of the academic side of the world, you might want to Google Regent University Servant Leadership Research Roundtables. There's tons of information uh, available there to begin a journey. The Greenleaf Center is a great place to start. Um, The Spears Center for Servant Leadership, Larry Spears, um, has some wonderful information on his website. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm going to take us back again to the Bible. Yeah. If you really want to be a servant, you've got to invest who you are as a leader in the Word of God. And I've said for years, and I think this is incredibly important leadership starts in prayer. Mm. If you are praying for your followers, you can't help but love them. Right. And if you're loving your followers, you're going to do the right things for them.
0: Yeah. And I think. Um, we, we see this the importance of connection there uh, when we can find ourselves empathizing with them because we're seeking to understand them as human beings it certainly does provide something that's greater uh, and I think there's there's just so much that's here for people we we can look at and we can see a very deep academic perspective and uh, for people whose minds really want to go there, there there's a lot that's there for them what about for somebody who says, you know, give me something that's very practical. Give me something that's very, uh, very usable, very consumable for me as an individual. Maybe I'm a business leader and I, or a, a nonprofit leader. I don't have a lot of time. Where, where could I turn in that regard?
1: Uh, sure. I think one of the most simplistic things that you can do as a leader is to see everybody that you come in contact with, everybody that works for you. View them as wearing a sign mm. that says, I want to be loved. You can start right there. You will be on the journey. Um, I, I think it's very interesting if we look at the Ten Commandments in the Old Testament and how Jesus in the New Testament deduced everything and to do very simple principles. Love God and love others. So that really truly is servant leadership. And I will tell you, if I am so in love with God, I will not be able to help myself but to completely love other people Mm. and if we really walk around seeing our followers as people who want to be that changes that changes everything absolutely everything and and let me just make the distinction here really quick we can lead with fear it is so easy and it is so effective I tell you what to do you better do it or else that is very effective because most people want to keep their jobs so Um, But boy, that is a dead way to live, a dead way to lead, and no one's going to enjoy that. And your followers are going to be looking for the back door. You really want to change the scope of your leadership. Again, just see these people as wearing a sign that says, I want to be loved. Love changes everything. It's it's a powerful concept. And I know people go, oh, that's the soft side of leadership, that mushy-gushy stuff. Peace and love. No, it's not that. It is you being a leader, taking that stand to do the right things. You love your followers because number one, Christ loved you. And I, I keep quoting Troy Cathy because that's on my brain right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said if you look at your followers as being made in the image of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, wow, it, it completely changes. It, it changes the game for everybody, for you as a leader and for your followers.
0: Yeah, that's really important. And I, I think um, people hear that term love, and, and even you brought up peace and, and that soft side, so to speak, to leadership. And, and yet I think when we really get into the idea of love and we when we truly value not only our people but the organization, the collection of people as they come together, then we're willing to do some things that are hard yeah. but are part of love. Uh, oh, it, it means making some tough decisions, but it also means investing in ways that are not always in comfort, comfortable for us. And I think that's something that oftentimes sticks out, that people miss that aspect, is that um, you know leadership and love uh, and yeah. leadership and service, it, it's not an easy way out. Yeah. It's a harder way out because yeah. it, it really goes deeper than we tend to want to go.
1: Absolutely, and if you, Todd, here's where it gets so interesting to me. It is not easy to love other people. Mm -hmm. I can guarantee you, you have people that work for you. They're just not that lovable. (laughs) And it is really a difficult thing to completely love all of your followers. Yeah. Some of them are out to get your job. Some of them are talking about you behind your back. Some of them are misusing company funds. Some of them are doing all kinds of things. You fill in the blank. But you know what? We we better love them anyway. Yeah. And let's talk a little bit about tough love.
0: Mm.
1: Sometimes love going to be tough. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember years ago, uh, you know, having to fire someone. And you know, I I look back and I've had people say, "Oh, well, when you fire someone, is that the loving thing to do?" Yes, sometimes absolutely it is. I helped someone out of a job that they despise. Mm. They were uh, basically involved in sabotage within the organization. And I had worked with this person um, for some time, really trying to salvage their job, salvage their position in the company. And in the end, I had to say, "Hey, listen, your your time with our company is is over." But it was a love based decision, and this person knew I had walked a tough road with them, really invested myself into who they were, tried to save them, tried to salvage them, um, and ultimately did let the person go. Here's what's fascinating, uh, a few months later this person came back to visit me and thanked me for firing them. Mm. They had been unable to do that for themselves. They wanted to leave the company so desperately but really had become so stuck into what they were doing. So, But love can be tough. It is not a doormat position to be a servant leader. It is I call servant leadership for the brave. Yeah. It's not easy. It is so difficult sometimes to love other people Fear-based leadership is completely easy. Love-based leadership, servant-based leadership. Put your shoes on. It is for the brave.
0: Absolutely. We are, are so thrilled. It's one thirty, or excuse me, 2.35 there at East Coast time. Uh, it's It's been such a, a pleasure to be with Dr. Kathleen Patterson talking about servant leadership. It's it's one of those places that there's so much to learn from and so much to grow and we've been able to wet your appetite hopefully here in our time together and talking about servant leadership. I want to encourage you real quick if you have not yet checked out the magazine nonprofitperformance.org issue number one was published earlier this month and there's actually an article uh, we were discussing all fair prior to this uh, The Irony of Leadership by Cal Turner and Cal talks about the importance of leaders understanding that they're truly, they're following. They're following the needs of their leaders. They're following the values of the organization, and they're following their, their personal values. And so it's an important thing for us to understand that leaders do follow. It's not, you don't, you don't just go following anything, but you have a certain perspective, and you have those things laid out, and you're able to follow. Also want to remind you, every Thursday at 4 p.m., Eastern time, we have our nonprofit chat. If you're on Twitter, the easy place, go to slash twubs, nonprofit chat. Or if you're just on Twitter, you can look for that hashtag, nonprofit chat. This is part of who we are as we go through everything with Center Vision Leadership Foundation. Always want to encourage you as well if you have any questions, if you have comments, if you want to find out about how you can be involved and what we're doing to try to impact communities, as these communities impact the world, feel free to email us, info at centervisionleadership.org. We'll be quick in getting back with you. We'd love to have you uh, engage with us as we try to move things forward. Again, so excited to have with us Dr. Kathleen Patterson. Kathleen, thank you for your time. Appreciate all that you bring to the table. You're obviously passionate about that. And that's something that's so exciting for leaders outside uh, in other organizations to see the passion that you have and personal experience and working closely with servant leadership. What would you like to leave with our audience? One last thing.
1: Hey, The greatest among you will be the servant. Hmm. If you truly desire to be a great leader, wash that away. Begin with serving other people. And it's been a privilege to be here, Todd. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. So glad again that you're with us. I'm Todd Greer, Executive Director of Center Vision Leadership Foundation, and we are thrilled that you have been able to enjoy us for our Tuesday at 2 Hangout. Have a great day, and we'll see you Thursday at 4 for the Nonprofit Chat. Thanks.